Hello and good morning or evening or wherever you are. You have tuned in to Coffee with Collins. I am your very, very, very excited host, Collins. Coffee with Collins is a weekly series where we discuss mental health, gender euphoria, and words of wisdom all in the span of your morning cup of joe. We will dive into internal struggles and often alarming self-awareness. This isn't a place for surface level Bettys. No, this is where we start when we are ready to start. And baby honey child, you can start anytime you'd like. So grab a mug, dress up your coffee however you like. You know I got that brown sugar oat milk in the fridge. And let's start the morning off right. This is Coffee with Collins and your session begins now. You know, I talk a big mean game about starting fresh, turning a new leaf, just starting, just going. And here I am. And it's been almost two months since we've talked. I'm ready to, to talk about it. I'm ready to break the silence and I'm ready to be more vulnerable than I might be ready for, but I feel like it's necessary. I don't know. I think I'm just ready to stop hiding. You've tuned into a very special episode of the Coffee with Collins podcast. Again, I'm your host, Collins. This week, I'm going to be kind of discussing where I've been, how I have been grieving the loss of something really big for myself, and catch you up to speed. This will be a shortened podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you and your time. And I'm going to feel guilty about my absence probably for a long time because let's face it, I it, it's been a while. I've recorded episodes, but I I didn't know how to press save and publish. I do want to thank my patrons right now because they have been holding down the fort while I've been absent. I've sent them out some packages and they came back recently and I haven't had the opportunity to go to the post office. So if you've been waiting for exclusive merch from my Patreon shop, um, for some reason, all of them came back to me. Not sure why, but I do want to thank my patrons, Yops, Yon, Sam, Ellie, Brendan, Nacho Princess, thank you so much for your time and your space and your energy. And if I miss someone on Patreon, it's not, the website's not loading for me this morning, so I can't check um, presently. So with all that said, let's get into it, shall we? This is Editing Collins. I just want to give you a heads up that I re-recorded and re-recorded and edited and re-recorded this podcast because first draft was really mean. Second draft was really self-deprecating and third draft was just not up to the Coffee with Collins standard. I know it's been a couple days. I know it's been a couple weeks. I know it's been a while since we've had a chat and I wanted to make it perfect. And although... We are unscripted here and we are uninhibited and 
we say what is really on our mind first draft final draft but I felt like I needed to explain myself a little bit too much and it really wasn't fair to the parties involved so thank you so much for being kind here is the edited version I appreciate your support friendships are really fucking hard and I don't think I believed anybody's warning. See, I, I'm a social person. I'm a liked person. I'm a nice person. But friendships after 30 are really hard. Friendships after you, people get married and have babies is hard. Friendships after leaving the church is hard. Friendships after leaving college is hard after high school, after becoming sober. See, I've been sober now for almost 300 days. I've almost been sober a calendar year. I have been sober now for almost three seasons of my year, of my life. And I thought that 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 wouldn't change. I thought that maybe it would just make me sober but it changed everything my sobriety ruined my friendships see i've recorded this episode multiple times the first time i explained and i treated the podcast like closure for some friendships that recently ended And I listened to it back and it just felt wrong. It felt wrong to have closure that way. It felt disrespectful. It felt hard. It felt awkward. It felt like walking into a room and you're listening to your parents yelling at each other, but you have no idea what to do. So you just start clapping. You just start making noise. You just start saying, mommy and daddy, look at my good grades. Anything to get them to shut the fuck up. Recording two was a little bit too self-deprecating. Recording two was a little bit too, I suck. I'm the worst. Fuck me. It's my fault. It was, it's everything that my brain already tells me. It's everything that my brain wants to tell me. It's everything that past me is trying to lay out for my future. But I, I told myself long ago, I would not be the same person as I was yesterday. I told myself, and in my 12-step program, I told myself, and in my church pews, I told myself, I told myself I was not going to be the same person that I was yesterday because only an idiot makes the same mistake twice, three times, four times, eight times, 24 times I've made a mistake. I've probably made more than 24 mistakes, if I'm honest. My third attempt, my third attempt at this podcast felt disingenuous and it, It felt like it really wasn't me. It felt like 
I felt like I was playing a part that I wasn't, and it was really mean. It was like I had moved past closure and forgiveness and into bitterness and anger. And I don't, I don't want to be that person. And I don't want you to be that person. I don't want you to consume that type of stuff. So that's never going to come to the surface, you know? And sometimes that's okay. I think that's having multiple attempts at the same thing is good. I mean, in video games, you know, if we want to complete a level, sometimes it takes us eight or nine times to get it right, to get to the final boss, to beat the boss and to beat the game. And then we go on intermediate mode and hard mode and we just keep going through the same game because we love the story. And the story of my life is that, is that of survival. (laughs) Shit, I'm crying out, sorry. I have only survived in my life. Every action that I've made in my life has been based on my survival. How does Colin survive? In my addiction, it looked like, shit, okay, I have 40 bucks until Friday. How do I make it through so that I can get a fix this week? Because I'm running out of my supply and I I need some right now. Survival used to look like, well, this friend is talking about this person and they keep showing screenshots of their Instagram posts. So let me change the subject because I know that they'll talk about me in another group. Survival looks like a lot of things. Survival looks, looks like anything to do to survive. And I've done everything. See, I'm not perfect. And I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're not perfect either. You've come here to drink some coffee and to listen to me, you know, do a monologue of sorts. Talking about where the fuck I've been. I want to tell you where I've been. But in the matter of self-reflection, rather than blaming it on everyone else, at the cost of my survival. See, when I got sober, I had already been toying with the idea of being sober. Uh, In 2021, I really didn't drink that much. I think I only was drinking socially. But then I was marking down the days until I was going to go out with my friends or go to a party or go to a wrestling show and just get fucking hammered. And because I wasn't drinking throughout the week, Two to three drinks had me on my fucking ass. So then I was just living for the weekend just so that I can get fucking wasted. And that's that's harmful. And in therapy, we, we talk about like harm reduction. And 12-step program is, I mean, I don't really like the 12-step program, but I love going to AA. And I love feeling like I'm in a room of people that get it. I love being in a room of people that just don't give a fuck that I used to borrow money from people or (laughs) call my mom and tell her that I needed $20. And I basically ruined a pretty awesome friendship with my mom. 
because of my addiction. Because I, I really needed something to live for. And with my sobriety, I do get cravings a lot. I feel like I just want a fucking shot of tequila so much. I, I don't really miss doing cocaine. Uh, like, I, I don't miss doing hard drugs. I don't, like, I don't miss those things because I associate, like, the bad feelings with them, which, unfortunately, like, I, I don't feel that with alcohol, and alcohol is, like, a legal drug uh, for people. But, like, I, like, I'm an addict. Like, I, <laughs> I am someone that relied on substance to keep me going, to keep me surviving. And I think if we're all honest, there's something in our life, substance of something that is keeping us going. And I'm never going to be the person to tell you how to get sober. I am not the poster child for getting sober because this has been messy and sloppy and weird. My sobriety and my story is my own, and I never want to represent a community at whole. I never want to be the poster child for a non-binary queer person. I never want to be the poster child of someone who goes to therapy. I never want to be the poster child of fucking anything. I just want to be Collins, and I just want to tell my story, and I just want it to matter. I just want to matter. I'm sure you want to matter and I'm sure you want to sit there and feel like your worth and your story and everything that you bring to the table has meaning and it has depth. And that's what I've wanted my whole life. I've never really wanted to be a surface level Betty. And that's why I've put that into the podcast, uh, I guess, song, title, poem. I don't know what it is. I've never wanted to be a surface level Betty because I want my life to fucking matter. And when you have a lot of friends, a lot of your friendships become surface level. And I was in a really large group. And every time I hung out with them, I felt like shit. Anytime I brought an outsider in, they were confused as to why I hung out with these people, why I was around anyone that would treat me like shit and each other like shit it didn't really matter that it's oh that's just how they joke or that's how they do it it's shit for me I was hanging around well good intentioned people that wanted me to give them the benefit of the doubt but I just felt like shit around them and I just felt like they were always talking behind my back so I felt like I had to be like you know on top of it I had to be ahead of the curve, you know? I felt like I didn't have meaning unless I was part of something. Part of a controversy, part of an argument, part of a Facebook thread. I didn't feel like I had meaning. And that sucked so bad to want someone's attention so bad that you're willing to be a bitch. But when I started getting sober, I, I felt like the rose-colored glasses came off on this friend group. This friend group that I thought were my friends till the end. 
And I started seeing cracks in relationships and I started seeing comments not be funny. Like jokes that they made were not funny to me. And I think I really had resentment towards one person in our friend group of girls because they made a comment about my best friend. And it is my fault for not saying, hey, this person, you made this comment, this joke, while my friend was going through a traumatic, traumatic medical experience. You know, I, I don't take miscarriages or abortions or anything lightly. I don't take health care lightly. And I felt like the joke was a little bit disgusting. But instead of me confronting this person, I let it foster resentment. So everything this person started saying, you know, that feeling inside your gut, every time they start talking, it's nails on a chalkboard. And you try to make it go away and you try to, you know, reason with yourself and you talk about it in therapy and you get yourself buttoned up. So then, you know, it's not like gurgling vomit, you know, you're holding it down. You've got some Tums in you, you, you're trying to keep the nastiness out of you and maybe it'll pass. Maybe it'll go away. But resentment really doesn't go anywhere until you let it out. So I started talking about it on the podcast. Uh, back in February, I had an episode where I was talking about how I felt like I was losing my friends. And I felt like I was fading into the distance. I felt like I was going on this journey that is best for me, getting sober, getting right, going to therapy, working out, like getting mentally well. And I felt like the majority of this friend group was bowing off. They were fading out. They didn't want to be around me. They didn't want to invite me to things anymore. I watched people have birthday parties and not invite me. I watched, I watched people have a birthday party and, and say that they were my partner's friend. And I don't give a fuck if I'm not invited. Like, okay, give me the reason why your best friend wasn't invited, but not to invite my boyfriend. So more and more resentment was, was bubbling over. And I didn't, I didn't know how to handle it, especially sober, like non-sober me would just like get fucking drunk and be like, yeah, whatever. And like, it's chill and whatever. And like, like, I'll just like push it down even further, even further. But something like that doesn't go away, you know? And so I tried talking about it. As someone who is neurodivergent, it's really difficult for me to talk about things. Unless you're on my same wavelength. Like, there's a couple people that I'm best friends with that, like, they get my same wavelength. We can pick things up and drop them off, like, any time. But in my brain, I felt wronged and I felt I felt like when I brought it up when I tried to bring it up like you know how you can like start bringing it up and then someone like talks over you that's how I felt and so I was just hesitant 
and told, well, you should give this person the benefit of the doubt. Oh, this person wasn't comfortable with you being there. So we didn't even bring it up to you. Oh, we didn't want to respect you enough to bring it up to you. And I just felt slighted. And so I talked about it on the podcast and that apparently pissed people off and I get it. But something about neurodivergent and people on the spectrum like myself is that we are auditory processors. We have to process things with voice, getting it out there. And I think that's why I feel so attracted to this podcast and why sometimes I feel so ashamed that I don't talk about things because how else am I processing it? Because I'm not. I'm not processing it. And then I start crying and I have to make four versions of the same podcast. So I started talking about things on the podcast. I never named names. I just start talking about my feelings. And I was told that my feelings were wrong. And that sucked, man. Because in in my intuition, in my gut, in my in my brain, I was like hurt and that my feelings were valid, but I was being told that I should give the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, that really hurt them. And, you know, talking about them on the podcast, like that hurt them. And I get it. I fucked up because I talked about it again and I talked about it again and I talked about it again. But you know, what's funny is that when people keep saying you should give us the benefit of the doubt, it's a two-way street. It's a two-way street, babe. You don't want to give me the benefit of the doubt. So why would I give you the benefit of the doubt? And that sucks. And it sucks that I feel that way. So I'm bringing this up because friends are really fucking hard. And sobriety ruined my friendships. And I am so glad for it. I'm glad sobriety ruined my friendships because seeing everything in hindsight, seeing the kind of people they were, seeing their reputation with other people outside of their friend group, seeing myself outside of the friend group. I haven't, I, I don't think that I'm a happy person, but I have felt joy. God, I've felt fucking joy. And it sucks because it's like, these aren't bad people. Like morally, they have like the same, the same boundaries as I do. Not boundaries. That's the wrong word. They have the same moral compass as I do. We're fighting the same fight, but I feel like our relationship styles and the way that I show that I love people because I'm intentional and I want to fight and I want to work through things and I'm very, con you know, um, confrontational and I want it to matter. Like <laughs> I want substance and I, I don't think that I should have to ask or beg people to go to places without alcohol or go places and have people not drink alcohol. I shouldn't have to beg people to respect my sobriety. I shouldn't have to beg people to respect me. And I shouldn't have to beg people to be friends with me. And unfortunately, having boundaries and setting boundaries like that has cost me my friendships. 
being sober has cost me so much, including friendships. And it sucks, man. Having boundaries. Because I, I don't I don't want to be treated that way. I don't want to be around a friend group that shows screenshots of my Instagram posts. Or I don't want to be around people that just watch my Instagram. And, and not be invested. Not ask my how my sobriety is going. You know? And why am I bringing this up? Well, around the time of my last episode... Um, I went to a birthday party and that's kind of where things fell apart. And I, I felt like it was like sand through my fingers and I felt a lot of shame and I didn't know how to talk about it on the podcast. I felt like an absolute failure. I felt like nobody wanted to listen to me, but like I was a fraud. And I talked about it in therapy and I was like, why do I even have this podcast? You know, like people don't fucking like me. Nobody wants to listen to me. Every time I talk about things, every time I talk about my feelings, you know, this, this friend group, you know, invalidated me and told me that I was wrong and told me that I was a mean and a bully because I was expressing my feelings. And my therapist was like, when did they ever tell you that they were your friends? When did they show you that they were friends? It's not, it's not based on going places, doing things, inviting you places. What do you need from a community? What do you need from a friendship? And do they offer that? And that struck me because no one's ever asked me what I need from a community. And that's what I've been battling for the last like four to five months is what do I need from a community? What do you need from a community? You know, I need to be loved. I need to I need to know that someone loves me, all of me, like outside of my meat suit. I know I need to know that somebody wants to think the best of me. I I need to know that if they have something that they need to say or they, you know, have an issue with me that they feel comfortable coming to me and vice versa. Open communication. I need someone in my community, anybody, anybody who comes into my life to respect my sobriety. And I truly believe in, you know, harm reduction, I guess. It's a, it's a little bit controversial. You know, you could be California sober or what have you. But it's all about reducing harm to yourself. And Every time that I got drunk, every time that I got high, I was not being good to myself. I was not being helpful to myself. And being in this friend group really was not helpful to me. And I, I think I was ashamed of that. I was ashamed that there were people listening to my every move and that didn't have my best intentions. And I was really ashamed of that because I've looked at the numbers. I've looked at the analytics. I've, I've looked at everything. And I'm like, you know what? I was having a good stride. I was, I was having a good go. But then I got anxious because someone didn't have my best interests at heart. 
And then when I learned that somebody leaked my nude, my nudes online, I felt like I was being blamed for it. Like it, like it was my fault. And sometimes it takes, it takes a heartbreak. It takes grieving the loss of a friendship. It takes grieving the loss of yourself to realize what is best for us, what is best for you. And it's not always easy. And sometimes it's really painful. But regardless of the numbers, regardless of whoever listens to this podcast, I want to provide a safe haven for you. And with fall coming, with wanting to be renewed and all the things, I feel like I need to earn your trust back. And I I feel like I need to, like, get back to recording podcasts every week. You know, recording on a Saturday, posting on a Monday, putting myself on a schedule, holding myself accountable, working out three times a week, making sure that I'm eating healthy. These are all reducing harm to myself. And part of being on this podcast is going to be that. So if you want to come along for the ride, I'm just switching things up. But it's always going to be the same honest Collins. The coffee with Collins that you're here for. We have a new segment It's called Ask Auntie. I threw it over on the Twitter. Let's get into it. And it's going to be here to stay. So if you'd like to ask, you can always go over to the website, coffeewithcollins.com, and submit your Ask Auntie. All right, this is a new segment called Hashtag Ask Auntie, where you ask the questions and I answer them because you can ask me really anything like actually anything let's get into it for this episode on august 27th all right this person says hi hope you're doing wonderfully who do you think will be the guy in wwe after roman oh my god i didn't mean to read this one (laughs) okay uh the guy after roman reigns is gonna be cody cody Rhodes. cody Rhodes. that's what i think um, I, I think Cody Rhodes coming to WWE has strategically been to take the belt off of Roman Roman Reigns. If you didn't know in the WWE has held the belt for almost two years, the main title belt. And now he has both main title belts for raw and SmackDown and a unification, but he's just kind of been the main dominant guy. He is this, you know, for better or lack of words for those who don't know he's kind of like the john cena right now the face of the company right now so it's interesting because i think that cody rhodes jumping from all elite wrestling to wwe has been a business move but with purpose so okay we have another question that says 
Are you excited for pumpkin spice season? And I'm going to tell you, as someone who used to work at Starbucks, I think every year it comes out earlier. And I don't know. It's August. How is it already on the shelves? How is it already everywhere? How is pump? Everything is pumpkin flavored for like three months. I feel like we need to ease a little bit into it. But I think with being excited for pumpkin spice season, I think I'm just excited for the weather to not be 90 degrees and humid. It's, it's never like this in Seattle. And the last two days have been not as hot. I have more energy, which is <laughs> so great. Um, but in Seattle, all of our apartment buildings and all of our buildings are meant to hold heat in, which is super great during the wintertime and um, super terrible during the summertime because the heat comes in at 10 a.m. and you're just toast. By the end of the day, fans do so much, you know, air condition, you know, window units or standing air conditions only do so much, especially when your buildings function to hold heat in. So, yes, I'm very excited for pumpkin spice season. Um, I just think that I've been done with summer for a little bit. I'm really looking for it. Here's the dichotomy. I love that it's bright outside. I love that it's light and air, you know, like I like the early mornings and I like the late evenings of summer, right? Every, you know, summer nights are beautiful. There are so many songs about it. I just, <laughs> I just hate the day of summer. <laughs> like that's the thing that, you know, makes winter time and fall time. So like sad and morose is that it's not light outside for very long, but I, I miss wearing hoodies. I miss bundling myself up at night. I miss, I miss that, uh, you know, not having sweat drenched on my skin. So I think the answer is yes, I'm excited for pumpkin spice season, but I'm also excited for there not to be sweat under my bangs. You know, that's what I'm excited for. All right. Ask auntie, what has been your go-to motto in life that you try to live by every day? Do no harm, but take no shit. I'm a feisty motherfucker. And you know that because you listen to this podcast and you hear me go off about things or you hear me have emotional breakdowns, just like I had here today. Um, <laughs> but I think it's important because as long as you're true to yourself, and I'm living in this world to make it better. So you have the mentality of like, I, I want to make the world better. And the only way for me to do that right now is for me to be better. So for myself, um, trying to work out at least three times a week, being sober, sleeping enough, taking a shower every day, washing my ass every day, taking my vitamins, brushing my hair. Like these are all like things that take spoons, that take energy to be the best version of myself. It also means not bullying, not attacking people, not blatantly being abusive, but do no harm. But then there's the, the dichotomy of, but take no shit. You see injustice, you see something going on, you see like there is an issue. I'm not going to take that shit. We're standing up for ourselves. We're advocating for ourselves. We are having morals and responsibilities. We're not wavering. We are being firm. And when we're wrong, we say firmly that we are wrong. Having the opportunity to say, you know what? I fucked up. I failed. 
I failed this friendship. I failed this project. I failed so fucking hard, but I'm learning from it. That's the whole thing. Advocacy and being a good person. So do no harm, but take no shit. All right. This will be the last one. Hi, Auntie. What's something you've done lately that has made you feel good about yourself? Well, I just turned 34. Clap, 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 clap. I didn't think I would make it to 34. I thought I would actually die at 27. I I think that's when I was my lowest. Um, So every day that I have, I'm very grateful. It, it takes a lot to remind myself, but every day I am grateful and I know that I am grateful. Um, but for myself, what have I done? I took time off of the podcast because that's what was best for my mental health at the time. And now I'm back and I have a schedule and I'm going to record my podcast every either Saturday or Sunday morning. And I will upload the podcasts on the Monday morning. That is going to be my firm schedule for myself and I'm holding myself accountable and I will be communicative, communicative. Um, if I need to change the schedule or what have you, because this is going to be important for me. It might change in the future. Who knows? But I feel like I have a lot of say and I have a lot of stories that I want to share. So that's, that's what I'm going to do at this point in time. So let's go into the next season and just be true to ourselves, advocate for ourselves and share our stories. Well, those were great. Uh, if you, (laughs) I didn't mean to to bypass it like that. Um, those were actually really great questions and I, I really enjoyed it. If you would like to ask auntie, you could actually go to, coffeewithcollins.com. There is a form. If you scroll all the way down, you put your name, you put your email, and then you say, ask auntie, or you can catch me over on Twitter. Now I had mentioned that somebody leaked my content. And when I say linked my content, you know what kind of content, but they linked all of my social medias, everything. So in effort for me to, you know, because it took over two weeks to get this content removed. I, I didn't want to bring attention to it because that brings traffic to the website, you know, all the things. Um, so, uh, by the advice of, uh, law professional, <laughs> I changed all of my handles on social media. I know it's confusing. I know that's weird, but they will all be done below. My Instagram is just underscore Colimo, C-O-L-L-E-E-M-O. My Twitter is at Colimo, no underscore needed there. Uh, On my TikTok, it's underscore queer auntie. I do want to change that over to, uh, I I do want to change everything over to queer auntie or um, coffee with Collins. I got to figure it out. But for the meantime, things are a little bit not branded. Um just for the meantime, until I can make sure the coast is clear, but all of my social medias will be down below. They are updated, but the best way to ask auntie, or you can do hashtag ask auntie Collins is going over to twitter.com slash Colimo. 
C-O-L-L-E-E-M-O. We are over on Patreon, patreon.com slash callzorg still. Uh, You can go over to coffeewithcollins.com. I'm updating the, um, I'm working with a a desire right now for uh, new merch stuff so that you can have cozy hoodies right in time for the fall season. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited that you're here and I'm excited that uh, I feel rejuvenated. I hope that you are having a wonderful day. I hope that August has been treating you well. I hope that you are caffeinated and I hope that you can get some puppy kisses or kitty kisses or something because pet kisses are the best. Whatever pet you have, just show them love. And if you don't have a pet, um, you can borrow mine anytime you like because they are just out to eat nature's boba right now. So, all right. With that being said, my name has been Collins. You have been awesome. Remember, do no harm, but take no shit. Have a good day. Bye.